You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds on this Monday. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. Hope everyone had a great weekend. I'm joined by EP ringside chap shots, our NHL guru, Sean Shapiro, who got some rest after the trade deadline, feeling fresh, and he saw what I saw on Saturday. Don't know if they can keep it up consistently, but what I saw on Saturday, I'm here to announce that is a cup contender, sir. Yeah, it's uh that was a big statement for Dallas. Um obviously against the team that won the cup last year in Colorado. It's uh, the statement you want with, uh, with the, with the pregame fanfare celebrating a thousand games for Jamie Ben and everything like that. Uh, it's uh, the type of uh, it's, it's always such a letdown sometimes when you have those events with either a thousand games yeah. ceremony or a retired number or something like that. And then just like, you just come and get blown out of the building, right? Like those are, uh, those can be such a letdown. So those games, it's good to see come out and win that type of game. So you can actually celebrate that type of game. And um, I would imagine the, uh, obviously that's something that uh, Jamie will never make a big deal about it one way or the other, but I'm sure on his drive home to his fiance and to the immediate family is a little bit happy. He he will disclose to the, the very close circle that, that he was pretty happy that they, they they won on a a game like that. Um, but it's, you know what, it's, I think it's important. There's two things that I was thinking about, because there's two things that happened this weekend um, that are really important context. There's sometimes when the stars were struggling, right? And everyone was kind of thinking, and they were going into the deadline. And one thing that came to mind for me is Jim Nill had said to me and spoken several times about, hey, everyone's going to go through their peaks and valleys, right? And so the stars went through their valley. And one of the things the stars haven't earned yet, and it's just interesting to look at it, and this is a that bit roundabout way to get back to the stars, and I promise I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> you saw what happened to the Tampa Bay Lightning the other day, or this weekend, right? In the third period on Saturday, they scratched their three best players, or they bench them in the third period. Yesterday, they have zero shots in the second period of four shots through 40 minutes against the Carolina Hurricanes. And while it's a punchline and we're all making jokes at the Lightning's expense, it's not a eulogy for their season because the Lightning have earned the benefit of the doubt. And the Stars still haven't earned the benefit of the doubt. And wins like they had against Colorado, moves like bringing in Domi, solidifying the top nine it starts to earn the benefit of the doubt and it starts to make you start to think, okay, they're going to go through these peaks and valleys and there is a chance for them to be at the peak at the end. 
Yeah. I connected everything, right? I did no, a good job there. You, like, you did. No, <laughs> a- absolutely. Yeah. It, you know, I, I just, I, you know, I mentioned the word sustainability because yeah. I saw something that I saw at the beginning of the year, and that was the pressure on the forecheck, the physicality. And I hadn't seen that, you know, as much as I wanted yeah. lately. And maybe it was because it was the captain's day and they wanted to play for the captain. Um, kind of a sidebar that, you know, you mentioned, you know, nothing worse than, you know, doing a ceremony and getting drubbed. I think it was Washington last year. And I'm trying to think, I can't think of what the ceremony was, but then the Capitals like won. I think they put up seven on the board. It was, it was a quick loss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, there, yeah. there were just aspects that I really liked. I felt as though the stars rose to the occasion that it had a playoff like atmosphere and Joe Pavelski in between periods said as much that it just had a good atmosphere. He mentioned that the fans were into it early and the barn definitely was rocking, especially for a Saturday afternoon game. It was nationally televised, which I love. So the, the nation could see the stars on display. Ottinger played well. Robertson certainly showed out, you know, that top line was effective. Uh, I thought Ty Domi fit in well. Um, I did want to get into the aspect of on Friday's podcast, you and I talked about it would be a shame to see Delandria moved when Marchman's been struggling. Now, Marchman did score, but he did stay on that line um, with uh, Sagan and Domi. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But I think we have a Swiss Army knife in Ty Delandria. I'm not saying he's going to put up a ton of goals, but at the same time, whatever line he's on, it seems to provide energy. Yeah, we Delandria is a very interesting piece because I think he opens up. He's a older stars fans will remember the they used to call Yuri Letton and Mister Fix It, right? Because whatever line was struggling, they would put Yuri on that line and they would start going. Yeah, that's that was kind of the reputation Yuri Lettinen had. And not saying Ty Delandry is at Yuri Lettinen levels, but he does have a bit of that impact on a grouping where he can go to a line and things start working the right way. Whether it's because and I think the thing about Delandria is he understands his role and he understands his role can change. He understands that when he's playing where he's whether he's a support player on that line whether he's a four checker on that line whether he I, I he under or whether he's being put on a line to be a primary offensive weapon like he is with Olofsson and Foxa I, I think that's such a talent to understand your role and not get overly uh consumed by by the change and I think that's something yeah. that Delandria brings and it's just such a great lineup unlocker where like I look at and I, I look at the long-term plan for the stars like because i think it's something where you're always you're always trying to build long term and short term and everything like that and having that delandria flexibility allows you to just kind of move things over the next couple years even and i and obviously right now you're just trying to worry about winning this season and that's the most important thing but just if you play the game with me hypothetically of like okay I don't think Dadanov is here long term. I think that spot that Dadanov is in right now is probably the Logan Stankoven spot next year. But if Logan Stankoven's not ready for that spot right away, Ty Delandry can go there. Mm-hmm. And eventually, at some point, 
you know, believe it or not, at someday age will get Joe Pavelski. Not that I, yeah. <laughs> at, at, some, at some point age will get Joe Pavelski and someone else will need to run with Robertson and Hintz. And maybe it's Delangio or maybe that's Stankoven. And Del- like, it's just, he, right. he's such a great lineup unlocker where you start trying to build for the next game next year, two years from now, where you feel like I have options because I have Ty Delangio who can make things work. And it's a great, it's a, such a great piece to have. Um, and it's the reason it's like, if it wasn't for Jason Robertson being in this organization, he's like a future captain, but you have Jason Robertson there and it's very hard to not see a world where you go to one of the best players on the planet with his personality and, and superstardom and Jason Robertson. But if it wasn't for Jason Robertson, you look at Ty Delandria and look like with his versatility and what he brings, this guy's a, a future captain on this team. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. One of the things they talked about you know, in circles with Max Domi is, you know, not the best on the defensive end, but could that mm-hmm. be a case where he's played on teams that overall weren't great defensively? I, he's played on a lot of teams. I mean, that's, that's one thing like we do have to remember, like Max Domi is, I think it's a, we talked about it on Friday. I think it's a great trade. Um, it's something they need. He's also, I want to get the number right here. So I'm pulling up his, his stat, his career stats page. He's played for Arizona, Montreal, Columbus, Carolina, Chicago, Dallas. He's on his sixth team. So it's hard. It's hard to, and he played on a good, very good. He played on a good Carolina team. He helped them win game seven against Boston last year. Um, So I think he kind of is what he is in the defensive zone, but I do think, and I made this comparison today. I've got a story coming out. Um, this week, maybe today, depends on uh, when Mike, one my wonderful editor over at D Magazine, Mike Pelushi, hits editor, hits a uh, publish on it. Nice uh, on 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 Domi, and I was thinking more and more about it that like that hit, the hit he had on the first shift, it took me back. I was trying to think of what it reminded me of, and for what, and it reminded me of. Do you remember the first ever game, Vegas Golden Knights' first ever game? It's played in Dallas. And I know, I know Vegas won that game, but yeah. there's a moment in that game where Cody Eakin is skating through center ice as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights and gets absolutely wrecked by Alexander Radulov. I open remember. Ice big, big open hit by Alexander yep. Radulov. And that hits, I'm talking about two different hits here. Domi's hit is on the four check in the offensive zone. Radulov's is at center ice, but it's Domi brings a lot of what the stars have been trying to replace after Radulov kind of fell off the fell off play wise in the last two years of his deal. Uh, they've been looking for that guy who is quote unquote hard to play against and hard to play against means they're annoying, they're physical, and they can also put the puck in the net. Mm-hmm. And Domi brings a lot of what they've been trying to find since Radulov left. Marchment was brought in to bring what Radulov left. And while Marchment did score, this weekend obviously the goals have not been there this season so i think domi brings a lot of what they've been looking for since radulov left he brings uh, he's willing to get in on the forecheck and i think if you put domi in the right spots and when i look at him 
with Sagan and Marshman even, I think that's a group where I don't want them taking defensive zone draws, but I think if they're in a spot where you're smart in their deployment, you can work your way around the in zone defensive zone issues. Cause it's the, it's the natural, like we go back to what's the best offense. What's the best defense is a good offense. If you have the puck, then the other thing you don't have to worry about. It. And I think Domi's defense 200 feet away from the puck in the offensive zone for checking and everything like that, it makes up for the defensive zone issues. And it just comes down to coaching, understanding who and what pieces you have and how you deploy them when it comes yeah. to Domi. Um, I honestly like, and I'm not, and I'm trying to be, I intentionally, I don't want to read off of one game, but I do think like, I look at it, if you can find, and I mentioned like Dadanov not, I don't think Dadanov is part of this team next year. I just think with, with, with Stankoven coming up and, and contract and cap wise, I don't, I don't think it makes sense, but I do look at Domi and I think like, okay, he fits, he fits as a piece that would work well to resign if you can get the rate going at, at a right spot. Like he just seems like he could be a good short and long-term fit. And you have a coach, I think that is kind of, I mean, in game one, once again, very, very small sample size, but in game one kind of gave a good taste of how to use him properly. You know, I, you think the AAV would be 4 million a year for Domi? Um, probably in that range. Okay. Um, it's, I think that's, that's probably, that's probably fair. Um, it's, he's making three right now. Um, he'll be 20. He just turned 28. He was traded on his birthday, which is always, always fun. Um, and I, I think that's probably a fair, a fair range. Um, if he is, if he goes off on and has a, um, if he goes and has a ridiculous playoff run, maybe he plays himself into something bigger, but I think, I think that would be, I think, I think that would be fair. Um, four is probably fair. Um, and you're also, you're having dad and will come off. You've got, you got some other guys who I think you're going to replace from within. Like I, it's I, I think if you can make it if you can make it work, I would try to find a way to make it work, especially with the other flexibility you have next year, even though he'll hit the number because of with his bonuses, he'll hit the structure. But Joe Pavelski did do the stars a solid by signing that over 35 type deal where he gives them some flexibility in the offseason by his cap hit is only three point five for the off season. He, he's got those really, that really easy bonus structure where mm-hmm. he'll basically get to that five, five, uh, is it five, five or the four or five. Hold on. Let me double check. It's uh, yeah. He'll, he has that really easy bonus structure where he'll get to the five, five for just playing 20 games next year. So, but it does give them some flexibility to get some things done in the off season and make it and make it fit. And I would look at it that way. And then I also look at Stankoven comes in as a guy who's going to be on an ELC that works really well. And, and you also have and nothing against, like, I think he's a fine player, but Joel Kivy, I mean, Yoel Kiviranta is going to be a UFA this summer. Yeah. I think Kiviranta has been fine, but, the point of a good AHL system is you can replace them with with a lot of guys you have coming up who make less than a million dollars. So I think I think the key to this roster next year is going to be 
being smart and how you spend. But that's 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 going further down the road, and we can have a ton of fun with these conversations. Oh yeah, I know, I know. Hopefully in July. Well, <laughs> so, and, yeah, you're absolutely right because I also wanted to, you know, we clearly, you know, all of us mentioned Stankoven, but yes. once again, the second half, Maverick Bork is playing really well for Texas. So. I, you know, I yes. just wonder. I did. I did want to say because it does affect the stars this year. There were some people on social media that were mentioning, you know, the power play struggles and the quarterback at the point. And while John Klingberg's not great, you know, defensively. Um, and then the name Thomas Harley came up, bringing him up from Texas. Personally, I don't think he's ready to quarterback a power play. And how how does that put? Do you foresee him coming up? For whom? Sorry. Thomas Harley. Oh, Thomas Harley. Okay. Yeah. I thought you said, I, I got, I got the hairs crossed Maverick Bork for a second. I was oh, okay. So, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Thomas. So yeah. Uh, this season. Yeah. That's what, yeah. you know, people were saying when, when Harley comes up and I'm thinking to myself, I, I just don't see him, you no, know, Thomas coming Harley's, up in a, t- at a top six perspective. Thomas Harley's not coming up this season. If yeah. the stars are healthy. No, like the only way Thomas Harley is playing this season is, and, and, and is if you look at the defensive pairings, right now is if one of the current top six gets hurt right and then all of a sudden it would be the nature of the injury and the role like if a thomas harley is only going to play this season um in a power play role if ryan Suter, nils Lundqvist, if ryan Suter, nils lundquist or god forbid miro haitian yeah. got injured yeah that's that's the only way he's playing right this this this, this season um, right now conversation about next season is obviously a, fa- a fair one and yeah. i think that's another one another july conversation but <laughs> i mean it's that's that's it's a fair one but and the stars know that they want to this i think people sometimes get confused on what's reported and what it means like yeah i i know that the stars did kick the tires and looked at some defensive things they were looking at okay how could we potentially bring in a second power play quarterback and everything like that and just because a team looks at a trade doesn't mean they're also going to call up a guy who's in that same role. It's, there's different things in different thing. You need to look at things in different vacuums and everything like that. And so um, the reasons you want, the reasons I would love to see Thomas Harley get an NHL game before the end of the season. The other issue though, that will just be difficult. And as you do a navigate the cap up and down world is it's going to have to happen with injury because once you uh, uh, after the NHL trade deadline, there's something that there's something that people kind of forget about. So there's no longer a roster limit size. So you can have now if you if you wanted to have a hundred players on well, no, it's not possible. Let's if you for through the trade deadline, you get twenty three roster spots. Now you have as many you have unlimited roster spots now, but you also only get four non-emergency recalls and send downs back to Texas. So you have to be, you have to be choosy in how you make those choices, choosy in how you make those choices. Wow. That's terrible. Um, (laughs) uh, Okay. That's why you have uh, an editor at D magazine, but exactly, exactly. (laughs) Um, So if you're going to call people up and send them back down to Texas, you have to be careful. And, and, and right now you have with, uh, it is important to note that right now it is, uh, Mer- Matt Murray and uh, uh, Frederick Olsen are up on emergency status right now. So them going back and forth right now is not, does not count as one of your four recalls. So you're okay there right now. Yep. But um, so, but the non-emergency ones, 
And as long as you have seven healthy defensemen, which the Stars do, and as long as you have six healthy defensemen, which they clearly do if they have seven, you can't call up Thomas Harley without using one of those non-emergency recalls. And then it becomes a spot where how do you make that work and how do you avoid the issue where potentially you stop Thomas Harley from being able to return to your AHL team? So it's the best thing for Thomas Harley right now is to play 25 minutes a night and win a Calder Cup. That's that's I'm going to just like that's the best. That's the best thing for the stars. Thomas Harley play 25 minutes a night, go on a deep run, win a championship down there. And you know what? And then you sort it out in the summer. That's that's the that's the ideal Thomas Harley plan because I things are working in Dallas and there's things that people want to happen like they want Ryan Suter scratch they want to move you just yeah. have to accept it's not going to happen and, and once you and we've said this multiple times once you accept and realize that's not going to happen it's easier to just take a deep breath and live with it. 